Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris and today's co-host, Sebastian. Hello, hello. And you know us, we're just a goalie and a goon that have taken one too many pucks or fists at the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. On today's episode, we want to welcome back our special guest, the assistant coach of the USPHL's Ogden Mustangs, Nick Dreyer. Nick, welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to jump on today and talk to us. And uh, for all of you listeners, Nick's going to jump on here with us and we're going to talk, you know, some of the Frozen Four action with the women's and men's upcoming one and some trade deadline stuff. And then you'll be able to hear more from Nick and how the Mustang season went in the episode that drops on Thursday. So be sure to get to that one a listen. Um, but for this episode, we're going to just kind of jump right into the Frozen Four. Did anybody get to watch any of the action with the women's Frozen Four? So I basically just saw scores and updates. I didn't really see any of the live gameplay. Uh, some of the with the conference tournament stuff going on on the men's side, I was you know pretty much watching that because it was easier to access on live TV. So yeah, no one unfortunately didn't get much of a chance. Uh, you know we had a a bye week, but I spent a lot of the time in rinks following uh, you know Haley around as as she ref different uh, university games and whatnot around here. So I didn't get to catch too too much, but I definitely watched the highlights and watched some pretty spectacular goals. Yeah, that was that was one thing I saw because I wasn't able to watch uh, at least the the semifinals portion because I was working both those nights um, where well, I worked Friday and Saturday night. But I think timings wise, uh, the games would have been Friday night for me here. Um, and then I got to watch the highlights of uh, the stuff on Sunday because I also had to I was not had to be, but I was at a friend's house uh, for a party on Sunday night. But looking at kind of how things unfolded, I wasn't right on my predictions. Uh, I did, did predict Minnesota Duluth would make it there and lose. I just thought it would be the Yale. But Ohio State, number one, comes out on top for the first time ever. And looking at the highlights and looking at the goals, yeah, Minnesota Duluth over Northeastern by score two to one in double overtime. I don't know, but that was a that was a long, long game and Northeastern fought hard, but Minnesota Duluth came out on top. Yeah, like you said, you know, the game went to, you know, double overtime. So I'm sure that took kind of a toll on Minnesota to lose players' bodies. You know, it, it's a long game and mentally stressful. And uh, at the end of the day, though, I just think just the hard work put in by Ohio State throughout the entire year and throughout just the highlights I watched. I mean, they were relentless in their attack and, you know, played defense very well. And they were, you know, five five bodies on the puck all the time. They just They just seemed like they wanted it more. And at the end of the day, I mean, I think that's what won them that game. When they played Yale, that Yale had that weird kind of slapping goal that worked out. I mean, put pucks towards the net. But I tell you what, Ohio's like tic-tac-toe goal. And then that goal scored by, I think it was Jan Gardner. What a beauty. I mean, she just, just dirty, dirty moves. And that was the game winner and led them into that, that game against Minnesota Duluth. And yeah, looking at the Minnesota Duluth game with Ohio State, I felt like the first few goals were all just kind of weird and it's really some sloppy play by Minnesota Duluth. Uh, I think being left out to dry at one point, the goalie. But when it when it came down to it, it was a weird score game. And Jagiri, I think, had a beauty in that game as well to tie it up there for Minnesota Duluth. But it looked like a really, really good game. I got to see the like I said, watch the highlights and uh, yeah, first time national champions Ohio State. Congratulations! Like you said, it was a uh, you know a battle for them all year, and uh, I think it was well deserved for them. So uh, like you said, congrats and. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, I didn't get to catch the game, but, you know, the highlights were, were fun to watch. So I'm sure it was an excellent game. Yeah, and then let's switch, let's shift into uh, the men's uh, Frozen Four. Well, actually, the regionals will be played the 24th through the 27th of March. I Again, I haven't got a lot of opportunities this year to watch any college hockey, men's or women's, but 
doing a little bit of digging and seeing how the teams were kind of shaping up and how the whole Frozen Four was going to shape up this year. I think it's going to be a really exciting series, and I have some predictions. I don't know if anybody else went as far as to be the crazy person and, and make predictions like I did, but I'm always often proven wrong, but doesn't stop me from trying. I'm a Big Ten guy, so I, I'm a little biased towards the Big Ten, but you know, as far as the tournament itself goes, it's such a wild weekend this first weekend, right? You know, it's not quite yep. as chaotic as the NCAA basketball because there's, you know, a fraction of the amount of teams. But, you know, just the games and the battles, I think, you know, the toll you see that it takes on some of these teams and, you know, to see some of these teams play one another after, you know, conference play all year, is, it's pretty exciting to see. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be wild. And so let's actually kind of do some quick predictions here. I'm going to pull up the uh, the the Frozen Four kind of bracket thing. Michigan and American International. I'm just going to say there's never a dead giveaway game, but I'm still going with Michigan over American on this one. Yeah, I uh, I think firepower wise, nobody comes close to Michigan as far as the, the top end talents that they have. And nothing against AIC. I think, uh, you know, it's admirable for them to come out of their conference and, and win a championship. But when you look at the depth of some of these these conferences and, you know, you look at a team like Michigan and the teams that they battled all year in and out, um, it kind of feels like this one's a a layup for me when it comes to Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. And let's call it like it is. Owen Power does not want to go to the shipwreck you want to call the Buffalo Sabres. So he's going to do everything he can to, (laughs) he's going to do everything he can to win these games and push on his career in the NCAA a little bit longer. But no, honestly, I, Michigan's just, they're a wagon this year. American International, like, I mean, again, they, they keep pushing and keep pushing. And I mean, they're, they're a contender, but at the end of the day, I really just don't think anyone's going to touch Michigan right now. They are a loaded, absolutely loaded team. And you play the game for a reason because there's never a guarantee. But for me, that one's as close to guarantees you can probably get in all these showdowns. But Quinnipiac and St. Cloud. This one, I'm going with the Bobcats. Uh, so Quinnipiac's definitely got a really good, you know, a really nice record. Like they had a good year, won a lot of hockey games. Um, I think this one for me, though, I think St. Cloud is uh, probably the pick I'm going to go with. I think, the, you know, the record that they have is obviously not as as bulky as far as wins go, but I think the schedule that they play and, and the way that they play the game, I think uh, it'll be a matchup for Quinnipiac that they're not used to seeing on a pretty regular basis. So I'm, I'm going to go with St. Cloud. Yeah, I'm on the same boat. I'm on the St. Cloud bandwagon here. And the only reason is that St. Cloud always shows up in this tournament. Always. Yep. They always yep. do something to at least push them one step further than anyone expected them to go. So, and I think St. Cloud is going to push on and play Michigan. Okay, so you're both on the uh, the St. Cloud train there. All right, that's good. Uh, we'll see what happens. I like uh, Quinnipiac's goaltending, and I think it's really strong. And I think they're gonna I think they're gonna show some people as they move on through the tournament that uh, they shouldn't be overlooked. But UMass Lowell and Denver. I'm saying that UMass Lowell is going to upset Denver here. I think they got a great team this year, and yeah, they're gonna. I think they're gonna dump Denver. Yeah, I think a week ago, I probably would have been on that same boat with you. But after watching the NCHC semifinals and seeing the way that them and Duluth battled, like I just, you know, that that to me felt like a Frozen Four game in itself watching that. And that was a, you know, top seed versus a bottom seed in that conference. So um, I'm going to go with Denver just again. I think the pedigree of their of the NCHC and the way that they play the game, I think the way that they're coached, I just, they feel like a team that always kind of shows up in these tournaments. Um, you know, much like Seabass said about St. Cloud and I got Denver moving on, especially playing in Colorado. So. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, I've gotten to watch some UMass Lowell play because, um, Haley's cousin husband actually played there and 
um, you know, play there with Connor Hellbuck, and, and they have a great team, you know, great staff, and they've played hard all season. But again, just like Nick said, Denver's one of those teams that, you know, no matter how they do during the season, when they come to this point of the year, they always show up. So it, it's, you know, I would love nothing but see a UMass little upset, but at the end of the day, I think Denver's just too strong. Yeah, and I think that's some of the advantage with uh, being being there in North America and you guys being able to kind of see some of this action happen and be able to watch more of it live where I just kind of catch highlights when I can. <laughs> um, it, you actually get to being able to see Denver play and how they've been playing. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an advantage to be able to see that, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull my upset here. But let's go Minnesota Duluth and Michigan Tech. I'm picking Minnesota Duluth in this battle. That's where I'm going. Yeah, I like Duluth too. Like I said, I you know just watching the NCHC last week, I don't get nearly as much exposure to you know Michigan Tech, um, but at the same time, you know, I hate to keep playing the pedigree card, but I look at a team like Minnesota Duluth with you know winning twenty plus games again this season, and you know the way they battled in that first round of the NCHC tournament, and you know throughout the entire weekend, and I just think they're gonna pretty much give Michigan Tech all they can handle. So for me, I'm gonna go with Duluth. Yeah, and I'll be honest, Duluth here is the smart pick, but, uh, you know, Carlton Place, native Carlton Place alum, Rylan Mosley, who was an absolute stud, goes to Michigan Tech. So I, I can't, I got to root for the home hometown boys. So uh, I'm going to go with Michigan Tech. Huge upset if they do it, but hey, um, that's what I'm here for. All right. Uh, Northeastern, Western Michigan. Uh, I'm going with my boy, Devin Levi. Sorry, I'm I'm going Northeastern on this one. Over Western Michigan, future Buffalo Saber goaltender there. Very, very impressed with his play this season. He's killing it. Northeastern for me. Yeah, I'm actually I'm with you on this one. Uh, this is probably my my biggest upset in the first round. I think uh, you know Northeastern always plays well as far as you know when you watch it throughout the season, whether it be the Bean Pot. Um, anytime they're in a big tournament, they seem to play pretty good hockey. And I know you know Hockey East hasn't been you know, hockey up in that area with, you know, the teams in Boston hasn't been as good you know, the past few years as it had in the past, but I do think that Northeastern is definitely the type of team that's probably going to get overlooked. And um, I, I think they're going to pull the upset off here. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with Northeastern as well. I mean, Devin Levi, again, you know, hometown alum, Carlton Place Canadians uh, has played unbelievable. The only thing that I didn't get about his season is the fact that he didn't play a single game when he went to the Olympics. I thought he was probably the best goalie on that roster. That's my opinion. Um, again, I think if he's on his game, they can upset absolutely anybody. A hundred percent. Minnesota and Massachusetts. This one, I'm going Minnesota. Yeah, I like Minnesota too. I think the, again, I'm biased to the Big Ten, even though I'm not a Minnesota fan. Um, one of my best friends out here actually is a Minnesota fan, so we go back and forth. But I, I get to catch a lot of their games and, uh, you know, they just play a pro style game. And, you know, I know Massachusetts has made some really large steps in the last few years and I you know especially with last year but I look at a team like Minnesota and the schedule they played all year they seem like they're ready to to step into a situation like this and do some damage so yeah absolutely I mean Mass has like you said taken steps and, and just developed some great players and, and that such a bright future in that in organization but I mean you know Minnesota is the you know the state of basically Canada in the states right they represent us down there so I got to go with uh, my boys in Minnesota all right, Minnesota State, Harvard. This one, I'm going Minnesota State. Yeah, I'm going to go Minnesota State too. I think I think Harvard has the the ability to pull this upset off, but I just uh, I think Minnesota State's got a pretty well rounded out team this season, mm-hmm. so I, I'm going to go with them. Yeah, and you know, what? and just just to be that guy, um, I'm going to go Harvard. Why? Mm-hmm. 
because I've watched some of their highlights throughout the year and just kind of try to watch a little bit of every little team here in this tournament. And they're just a hard work team and a team that just does the small things right, puts the puck to the net, drives the net. You know, they're they're just a hard working class team. Um, don't get me wrong, Minnesota State, nasty hockey team. But if someone's going to upset them, it's going to be Harvard. All right. So uh, finally, then we have North Dakota and Notre Dame. I'm going to pull an upset here. I'm going to say Notre Dame takes down North Dakota. I am a, a huge uh, Notre Dame fan. So, uh, you know, I don't think this is the most flashy team Notre Dame's had by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I look at some of their guys that have been around, like, you know, Pavanka and the Slaggerts. And I think that they definitely have a more depth team than they have in the past. And I like Elitis the way he's playing in net right now. So I, I like Notre Dame for sure. Yeah, unfortunately, you guys are both wrong. The North Dakota Senators are going to win this one by a landslide. Um, why? Because the Ottawa Senators are, is their roster, basically. So I mean, yeah. I have to go for them. Yes. There's a, you guys got a few guys on uh, on North Dakota, don't you? I'm telling you, if you ever want to be an Ottawa Senator, just commit to North Dakota. They'll draft you. They don't care. <laughs> I love it. All right. And then that'll take us like that to the next round, so to speak. So kind of based off of how we all picked you know, I'm seeing like Michigan versus Quinnipiac. And in my opinion, I think in this case, Quinnipiac will take out Michigan. I know I'm I'm going to f- hear some backlash on that one, but I think the Bobcats will take down uh, the beast. And uh, yeah, so that's my opinion uh, for you guys. I think you both picked Michigan as well, uh, but then you both went St. Cloud. So Michigan, St. Cloud, what's your opinion? I think the beast is going to go down, but I don't think it's going to be right here. I think uh, I think Michigan makes it all the way to, to Boston. I think they have way too much firepower. Even when they have an off game, it's still easy for them to put in four or five goals. So uh, I'm going to stick with Michigan. Yeah, um, like I said, St. Cloud State always goes a step further than, than what they're expected to. And I think that step was the last round, unfortunately. You know, they're, they're going against a wagon, which is Michigan. Again, Owen Power not wanting to go to Buffalo is going to outwill anybody. <laughs> Yes. Oh, dear. Okay, so you're both going uh, Michigan regardless. We'll take down St. Cloud. All right, now we've got, for me, UMass Lowell versus Minnesota Duluth. This is where I'm going to say that UMass Lowell will take out Minnesota Duluth. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, where I'm going with that. Okay, so, yeah, you guys picked different, too. So, let's see. Sebastian, we'll start with you. You've got Denver and uh, Michigan Tech. How do you think that's going to fold? So if everything goes in plan and, you know, Denver plays Michigan Tech, um, you know, no offense out there, Mosley, but uh, I think Denver's just too strong of a team here. And I hate picking the top seed going into the four. Um, I did last year and it completely screwed me over. Uh, but in this case, I just think Denver's just too strong of a team this year and they'll be facing off uh, against Michigan in the first round. And Nick, you have Denver versus Minnesota Duluth. How do you think that's going to unfold? Uh, I actually like Duluth again. I, I know they just played in the uh, in the semis of the NCHC, and I know Duluth played a really good game, got the better of them. Um, I like the way they matched up against Denver. Um, I like the way that they rolled lines. They stayed within their depth. They played a real team game, and you know I like Duluth, so I'm going to go with them to advance out of that regional. All right, all right. Now we're going to go into the next grouping here. For me, I've got Northeastern and Minnesota. I'm picking, I'm sticking with Devin Levi. I'm going Northeastern takes out Minnesota. I mean, for me, again, with the big, you know, (laughs) Big Ten bias, I'm going to go with Minnesota. I think uh, battle tested, you know, conference played, you know, takes a toll on these guys all year. And I think it's really prepared them for for these regionals and moving into the frozen four. So I, I think Minnesota, the way they play, the way they're playing and 
Um, the goaltending is is kind of streaky at times, but I think when it's on, it's some of the best in the entire NCAA. So I, I like Minnesota here. Okay. Uh, and I'm glad you brought up streaky goaltending because I'm going Northeastern because they don't have streaky goaltending. They have yep. a solid yep. number one guy who's just been there all year. To me, should be the Hobie Baker winner and hands down. I mean, his team doesn't get nowhere near where they are without him. Uh, I think he steals one more round here. All right. All right, that'll take us to the final grouping here, and that's going to be, for me, Minnesota State versus Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame, in my opinion, little mini dream run ends there. Minnesota State takes out Notre Dame. Now, for you all, we have, Nick, we have Minnesota State versus Notre Dame as well. What do you think? I, I like Notre Dame. Um I know it's tough for me having three potential teams in the uh, Frozen Four. I preface this entire conversation with my Big Ten bias, but I do like <laughs> Notre Dame a lot. I think the way Goliath has really started to kind of take the reins in net and taking the number one role and ran with it, I, I think that they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. So I got Notre Dame. Yeah, and, and uh, for me, I had uh, Harvard. Harvard and, and North Dakota, Dakota. yeah. Yeah, the North Dakota Senators, and uh, I think the North Dakota Senators <laughs> win another round here. Um, I just think they're built really well. Um, they're very well defensively. You know, they, they do a good job offensively, but their forwards play great defense as well. Goaltending's been there for most of the season, so, um, you know, I think the uh, the Senators NCAA team pushes off one more round. All right, awesome. The way we all think it's going to pan out, I'm going to say that the Bobcats and UMass Lowell, Northeastern, and Minnesota State will be the teams that make it there to the Final Four. Sebastian, you have Michigan, Denver, Northeastern, and North Dakota. And Nick, you had Michigan, Minnesota, Duluth, Minnesota, and Notre Dame. Yep. So I think this is going to be a really interesting tournament. And you know what? We can just, why not? Let's just predict what we think is going to unfold with these teams. For me, I think Quinnipiac will take out UMass Lowell, and Northeastern will take out Minnesota State, and Northeastern will be crowned the champs. Uh, that's my opinion. Now, Nick, you have Minnesota Duluth, or you have Michigan and Minnesota Duluth, and in Minnesota Notre Dame. How do you think it's going to unfold? I think uh, this is where the beast goes down. I think Minnesota Duluth beats Michigan um, and advances. And, you know, when I look at the other, I probably got to go with, as much as I hate to say it, I got to go with Minnesota, I think, over Notre Dame. That one really pains me to say, but I, I think it's going to be Minnesota and, and Duluth in the uh, final there. All right. Who do you think is going to be crown champ? Uh, I think it's going to be Minnesota. I just, why well, I had, a, you know, un, unfortunately I had the luxury of watching them play a lot this year and I just think they're playing really good hockey and I think this is a really deep team that they have. So I think this is going to be Minnesota's year. All right. And how about you, Sebastian? You got Michigan versus Denver and Northeastern versus North Dakota. So for me, um, I think Michigan beats Denver. I'm calling that one. It's going to be like a double overtime game, something long, double or triple overtime, just something that really pushes both teams. And then I've got North Dakota taking out Northeastern. I don't want to do it. Uh, I just think Northeastern, again, I just think they're just a well-rounded team. I know I got the bias because they're basically the Senators' farm team, but they're they're just well-rounded. Um, I think, you know, Sanderson's a, a phenomenal defense. He he leads them, you know, in, in so many ways. Um, and then, and and again, I, I'm usually not the guy to pick the number one team, but I think Michigan takes it all. And there's one reason. I watched them play Michigan State, and I think they lost like 4-3, I want to say. I'm sure someone looked back. That's not the, what the score was. And the next night, they come back and they beat them 7-1. And basically, the players just said we had to respond to what we did. And to me, that right there was just like basically like they lost a tight, close game that basically was a fluky bounce on the going in. And the players basically said, hey, that's not good enough. Let's step up. And then take it on their, you know, their arch rivals 7-1 the next game and just pump them. Um, to me, a team that can just basically say, hey, you know what, we're not playing good enough and they can step up and they do it instantly. Um, I think that's a scary thing. And I think Michigan's just too loaded. They had too many players that came back. 
this year. I think they, they win it all and, you know, unfortunately um, disband and I'll go on to the NHL. And, you know, now uh, and now Michigan's kind of in a, a semi rebuild here. All right. So, everyone, you heard it here first. We've got Michigan picked by Sebastian as your national champs. We've got Minnesota picked by Nick as your national champs. And you've got Northeastern picked by me, uh, who will actually be the national champs. So very excited to see how this all unfolds. And just I'm very excited to see how maybe dumb we all look here in about a month or so. Because <laughs> so, yeah, this stuff never unfolds the way it's supposed to. So it'll be interesting to see how this goes. But we're also at the trade deadline. We want to kind of talk some things that are happening right now. For your listeners, you're listening to this and you're going, how are we not talking about the biggest trade of the day? How did we not know that all the all the superstars were going to waive their no trade clauses, go to Toronto while their teams that they left will maintain 90% of their salary? We didn't know that was going to happen. And because didn't trade a single first round draft pick because they were so stubborn <laughs> on it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so some of the big news that just dropped is Mark Andre Fleury is now part of the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, for a conditional pick, which I mean is right now is a second can go into a first. I didn't get to see the conditions, but I mean Minnesota saying, hey, we're going for it. I think uh, you know when I look at that division as a whole, like, I think Minnesota went from probably being towards the bottom of that division as far as goaltending went. Uh, yep. and, you know, instantly vaulting themselves to the top of the division as far as goaltending goes. So I think that's a huge move for them. And the conditional pick, I mean, obviously can end up being quite a bit, but I, I do think that, you know, that's the one area when I look at their team that needed the, you know, the most work done to it and, and needed to be addressed right away if they were going to be a serious contender. And I think they did that. So. Yeah, and they haven't stopped making moves because Minnesota then made another trade and they acquired Jacob Middleton uh, from San Jose in exchange for Capo Kakinen and a fifth round. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sold on that trade. Um, I understand you brought in a goalie and you've got, you know, whilst that I think it is, it's there who's kind of outplayed Kakinen to be the next, you know, up and coming. But a fifth and middle side, I just don't, or Middleton, I, I just don't think it's enough. Um, I think, you know, you got a young goalie who has had issues, but I mean, again, most goalies usually don't mature into a role until they're a little older. Um, to me, I think the Sharks won that with a landslide and I wouldn't be surprised if we see Reimer now moved uh, before the deadline. Yeah, I think the, the you know, the conditional pick in the flurry trade, you kind of felt like they were going to lose out on another trade just to kind of balance that out a little bit. But, uh, you know, Middleton definitely is a depth guy. Like I look at I look at him. I think he's like 25, 26. He's still pretty young. But, um, you know, I look at a team like Calgary and their bottom pairing with good Branson. And now I look at a team like, you know, Minnesota adding him and, you know, t- toughening back their back end up a little bit on their bottom pairing. And, I think it's a good trade for them, but I definitely think it's one that's kind of a, a necessary evil based on the, the way that they acquired Flurry. So, yeah, I think uh, it's it's worked out for um, I think it's worked out and really from the way Minnesota's handled this that they're going to you know make a nice I think they're definitely planning on making a deep run, uh, and with the with the goalie a proven goalie like Flurry, they have a really strong opportunity to do that. Any trade in particular you guys want to discuss? I mean, we could talk about the. Awful, awful, awful trade Ottawa made. Um, <laughs> don't get me wrong, Chaz Hamnick, you know, just a, a hard-nosed, hard-working guy. I, don't get me wrong, I, I loved him when he played in you know in the island, but he just hasn't quite been the same since he left. Um, trading them for a th- third-round pick, um, especially with a guy like Myers, who's played with Shabbat, the World Juniors, 25 years old, went on waivers, he had picked him up for, you know, a few thousand dollars, basically. Um just doesn't make sense to me, but hey, I'm hoping 
you know, both Pierre's know what they're doing and he comes in and he becomes an absolute stud and plays with Sanderson or something next year and lets him kind of be more free. But I think that was a bad trade. And then the Nick Paul trade um, for Ottawa, um, just, you know, being the local cover guy here. Um, I think it was a good trade. Um, they offered him what they thought was fair. I thought it was fair too if the offer was real. Um, he wanted more. He only scored 30 goals in like 300 and some games or 200 and some games. So, I mean, it's not, he wasn't a huge producer. I get he was a locker room guy, but they get a guy, Matthew Joseph, who has won some cups. He's got some wheels, uh, still younger, you know, uh, great PK player. Um, I, I think they they brought in a little bit more. So I think they won that trade, but I think they lost the Hamnick trade by a landslide. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the Hamnick trade. I'm actually a Canucks fan. So I was thrilled with that deal. Um, because basically what the Canucks did is they, you know, they dealt Hamnick and then they took the pick that they got from that and dealt it to the Leafs to bring in Travis Dermott. So, you know, I, I think Hamnick's a better player right now, but I think age and the money they're shedding, I think Dermott, without looking at it, it's about half of what Hamnick's cap hit was. So uh, I think business-wise for the Canucks, it was a really good deal. I, I don't understand that trade on the Ottawa part. I think, you know, they have a pretty fragile young core and uh Hamannick's just kind of a weird personality he seems like and he has a hard time kind of fitting in and you never know when he's just going to up and not play games for a couple months so you know it's just kind of a weird piece to bring into a team like Ottawa that's kind of searching for an identity right now with a young core so I agree with you on that one yeah the thing was with Dermot too he's I've always liked him in Toronto and I don't think they've used him well I think he's a player who just needs to get his games in and to find his stride and he's never really been able to to find that stride, I think of a fresh move, especially at the ages now, especially to the Canucks, who are, you know, looking to be coming up and coming. They got a lot of good young pieces, I think is a good trade. Uh, I would love to have him back, you know, I somehow in Ottawa if they would have made that trade to Toronto, which I know it would never happen. But, you know, just a young player who I think has tons of upsides. And, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it was a double win for Vancouver on that one. Yeah. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot more trades, I'm assuming, as this trade deadline wraps up. And you listeners already know about that. So, you know, feel free to talk about how we didn't make specific predictions but again we want to thank our special guest the assistant coach of the USPHL's Agna Mustangs Nick Dreyer for jumping back on with us today Nick no I appreciate it thanks for having me guys anytime oh absolutely thanks for taking the time out today and uh, for all you listeners that want to know um, a little bit more about how the staying season went and we're going to discuss that again listen to the next episode that will be dropping on Thursday we want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in so be sure to follow us on Twitter at PHH official to let us know what you think and also be sure to comment and share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast this was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Christian Sebastian thanks for listening and remember always clear crease